Welcome back to another episode of Taboo Taboo Podcast. I'm your host, Drew from the Future. Today we have the third installment of our three-part series with the femdom, lifestyle femdom, Ava X Machina. Oh my god, is she incredible. This episode is particularly interesting for several reasons. We get into a lot of very personal stuff about love and feelings and aftercare. But also, uh, you'll notice a little bit in that actually Ava flips it and she starts interviewing me. If you spend enough time with Ava, eventually she's going to start to show more and more of her dom side. <laughs> and it's really fun to kind of play with that in the moment. Don't worry. If you if at the end of this episode you still haven't had enough Ava, I promise you she's still going to be around. We have another episode lined up of an interview with her and one of her exes who used to be one of her submissives. So definitely be on the lookout for that episode. I cut in for one little moment later on just because I felt like there was something that really needed to be explained. Uh, but besides that, this is pretty much a straight interview between Ava and I, and uh, it's fun. I think you'll really enjoy it, especially watching Ava flip the interviewing process on me. So without further ado, I give you the third part in our th- uh, three-part series with Ava X Machina. Again, if you haven't checked her out, go ahead and check her out on Medium, Ava X Machina. Uh, you can find all of her Twitter and Instagram there. Her writing is fantastic. And without further ado, here we go. Enjoy the episode. And, you know, there are things I'm not into. Like, I'm not into age play. I don't really care to do the Age mo- play? People who like to pretend to be, like, childlike or children. Oh, yeah. It's not my thing. Yeah. And I, like, also not into... You know, like, there's a lot of people who they want their femdom to be mommy. I'm not going to be mommy. Mm. I don't really care to be. Right. Um, so. You even steer away from Miss now, too, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. even really like Miss. I, like, I prefer my name. I prefer to be myself. I don't want to have to be a role. Which right. is fine. Like, there are plenty of people who do it really well. Because you, you, that's how you do it. You're like, yeah. this is a lifestyle. It's not, yeah. like, compartmentalized. Yeah, you're, yeah. like, if you're going to be, like, you know, my submissive, you're living in Ava's house. Not right. in, like, Mistress's house. Right, um, right. You know, it, you're still going to have me using you as a footstool while I finish my OKRs before the next board meeting. Like, you know, like that's gonna be a real thing. Um, you know, so it's, it's not about this separate universe where there's like a dungeon in my house. It's just, you know, there's a cage under my bed Mm -hmm. and it, you know, I can have somebody who I'll put them on a leash and, and you'll be latched into my kitchen and you're just eating (laughs) dinner with me. Like that's, that's a thing. And so it's the idea is that you try to. Oh, it's wonderful. Especially when you get people to cook for you that way. Yeah. Um, and then, on like, a leash. yeah. Do, like, you have, you know, I have like, like beautiful chicken marsala or something. I eat mm. on a plate, you eat yours on the floor mm. in dog bowl. So, yeah. And then just like life goes on. It doesn't necessarily have to be like play that ends in orgasm. Right. So, like, de- you know, de- decoupling sex from. And when you say sex, you're talking about like penetrative sex. Penetrative sex or even sometimes just like any sexual activity, any sexual stimulation. Um, I think people have a harder time wrapping their head off and around kink. Like, why would you bother if it's not a way to spice up sex? (laughs) Right, yeah. Including like oral sex or, or, you know, manual stimulation. Right. Um, And it's like because it's super fun, you can still get a really great rush Mm -hmm. out of that response. Um, Plus it's a huge buildup. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my oh God. for sure. Yeah. It's um that that kind of you know, subservience begging behavior is a big thing for me. I really do like this this service submission, people seeking approval from me in various aspects, permission, 
and it's you know all of it is it's an affirmation that like when it also comes to to sexual things that they they've they've practiced disciplined mm-hmm. yeah ex will be then like expertly disciplined at giving me an order <laughs> <laughs> so you know qu- gone through the full quali- training. quality has, yeah. has extended through all of all of the facets of this arrangement yeah. so um how about so with you then what relationship and, and just to turn the tables a little bit we have this conversation all the time in our, in our like femdom lunches um, in meetups where we talk to each other. What role does kink play in romantic love for you? Do you have kink in your romantic relationships? Are they separate? Uh, no, they're always like you. It's always intertwined. Okay. I, I'm not going to be romantic with somebody who doesn't share my kinks. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a lifestyle thing. Yeah. And, and I'm very out. So it's even easier for me. That's good. Because it, mine is like less taboo. I'm man, so I'm like, if, if I'm dominant, that makes yeah. sense, you know. Exactly. Um, somebody might put something in my butt, but people don't assume that, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing, is there there are kink things that I, in like a long-term relationship, if the person's not into them, I'm not going to like die. I've been in whole relationships where the person's never into pain or impact play Mm. and you know it's just but that's something you enjoy i do enjoy it and you know but as a result then even i don't feel compelled to like say oh well now i gotta go like let me have somebody else who all i do to them is like play with them that way See, i might do that yeah i might have somebody who like we share these four or five kinks Mm -hmm. and then i might have somebody else who i we share one or two kinks that are very specific and very intense yeah yeah no that's that's what's so interesting is like this is to say, there are some people with whom I have a kink relationship, I would say, it's like a friendship maybe, that all they do is clean my house, and I don't, I'm not sexual with them whatsoever. Mm. Or like, all they do is, um, you know, other things for me. Like, there's, there's people who I know in other cities that um, will kind of like serve a submission, sort of like wait on me hand and foot, and they, they don't want to be sexual with me right and that that's fine i think like but they have to be carrying that energy somewhere right they i guess so they probably get off with somebody else using the build-up you guys probably probably like thinking about like you know rubbing my feet or whatever it is a lot of foot people are like this um that they they don't necessarily need to like be jerked off with your feet they just like touching them right (laughs) so but i liked i liked your question before where it's like is that not itself sexual yeah so i'm sure for some people it is I don't think it always ends in an orgasm if it's sexual, you know? Yeah, you know, that's a that's a very good... You know, people talk all the time about these sort of, like, philosophical questions and kink, like, you know, is, uh, is uh, you know, being paid to be dominant, does that just make you a service top? So this is actually a really interesting question, if you know what a service top is. So generally speaking, and there's a lot of different definitions out there, But generally speaking, there are tops and there are bottoms. Tops tend to be the ones doing the acting. Bottoms tend to be the ones receiving the action. Now, in this situation, you can have somebody who is doing the acting, as in putting in most of the work, and they could be working at the request or even command of whoever is on the bottom or who's receiving the work. So in that regard, you can have someone who is on the bottom, but the boss of the situation or the dominant. So in that case, if you are paying somebody to dominate you, are they just working at your behalf? You're paying them. So in a sense, are you the actual dominant, even though they are topping you? So that's where the question comes in. 
if you were paid to dominate somebody, are you just a service top? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't do either, so I don't, I couldn't tell you, but it's just like, it's so funny to hear how people sort of get into these hilarious little thought exercises. Right. And you're like, I'm just trying to, yeah. I'm just trying to date, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what gets me off. I, yeah, I'm just enjoying like, myself. Yeah, it's giving me a boner, so right. I don't think too long about it. Lady boner is easily my most favorite oh, term. Oh, it's, it's great. It's great. It's a totally truthful thing. Yeah. Um, so then, if you were to, like, kind of take away one thing from our conversation that, like, it was especially, like, surprising to you, what would you think it would be? Hmm. Or interesting. I mean, you're, you're thankfully very intertwined in this universe. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, not, like, super surprising or shocking. I, I was actually really refreshed and um, happy to hear that you and I are, are similar in the respect that we fall in love easily. Yeah. And we have to fight the instinct to not be jaded. Yeah. Because, like, I give in so, so... Not... I'm very picky about who I give in to. Yes. But once it happens, I'm... I'm so mushy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I am the same way. I, I get very, very attached. I mean, especially in the context of these kinds of relationships. Yeah, that like there's this, I think there's a sort of way that you could, especially as a femdom, become easily jaded because you're dealing with not just your own reconciling of how women are treated and mm-hmm. how you have to like fight back against the urge. See, to I don't have any of that that I have to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that you also then have to hold and be present for men's trauma mm. around socialization around the, the extreme stigma to being submissive or right. to, to em- empathizing with women in any way mm-hmm. um and and the direct like feminization of men's trauma is is, is really hard to be present for yeah. and so there is an urge often to close up because you're yeah. you're like i'm dealing with my own crap yeah and then i've just got to like walk around in this dating pool of like men who have not gone to therapy they've not done their work Mm-hmm. to not be damaging to others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that, like, ultimately, it's asking that question is, like, when do you feel most like yourself? And I feel most like myself when I'm very open. Same. Yeah. So yeah. when that when that channel is open between me and another person. Um, and I think that that's something that, like, when I go back to it again, you get that refresh. Like, oh, yes. This yeah. Is, this is why I bother. I have to constantly remind myself, okay, this is my shit. That's your shit. I can't fix your shit. I can yeah. only, like, I'm only in charge of my shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there was this wonderful person I met, um, I think actually through, through my Twitter, uh, that she, she had this thing that she says that is like, you can only do 50% of the work in any relationship. Your half. Yeah. yeah just I your just, half. Just, somebody has to say that to you. You <laughs> right, know, that yeah. you're like, you can't carry the whole thing by yourself. Right. The maximum amount of work you can do in any relationship is 50%. Yeah. And, you know, because otherwise we have this urge, um, especially that I can tell you're a very empathetic person, mm-hmm. um, empathetic people, especially who have like experienced the relief of getting away from some of that trauma. Mm-hmm. They, we have the urge to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you want to because you're like, you're like, you're such a beautiful person right. and I see so many good things in you. Yeah. And I want you, especially like as a dominant woman. I see people who are like, I'm like, your submission could be so beautiful for you. Mm-hmm. And that, like, this could be an experience that, that like, it is a, it can be, like, a happy place you come home to when you're stressed. It can mm-hmm. be a, a point of relief or an escape from, from everything else in your life. And I'm still, though, just, like, butting right up against years of stuff that's nothing to do with me. And I'm yeah. not superhero. I can't. Yeah can't do it for you the instinct though is to is to be there for that person and try to help them through it but you, yeah i mean you can maybe support them but 
it's not going to be a good long time, long term relationship. Or, no, you know, no, yeah, and it, you've got to walk away at some point. Yeah. And I, I'm, I struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, I do too. I, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the last three or four people I've dated have are now in a better place than before we dated. Yeah. And I, like, I feel like I maybe had something to do with that. But that's not what I should be looking for, you know what yeah, I mean? I should yeah. find somebody who's already in a good place and yeah. just date them. No fixer-uppers. Yeah. You know, like, that's, that's people should come. And I, I think that I have to repeat that to myself all the time. Like, healthy yeah. people find healthy people. Yeah. And that, like, I have the work I can do also is on myself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's hard to resist that urge. The, think, mm-hmm. the instinct is to sometimes... Because the dating pool, like, we don't, we can't date everybody. Yeah. Chop out all the vanillas. Yeah. Chop out all the, all the unhealthy people. Chop out all the people who don't share your kink. You know what I mean? Like, you You're end like, up in this very like small pool. Don't like your gender, aren't your right. age bracket. Exactly. Like, you know. And the, and the instinct is, like, there's very, it, it feels like there's very few people who could be a great match. Yeah. And then you want to, like, okay, maybe I'll just lower my standards a little bit to broaden yeah. the pool. <laughs> and then you like, and then you realize, oh, I don't want to date all these people. These, yeah. Like, lowering my standards worsens my odds of finding a great person. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like, if you get too hamstrung in like the the list of who is ideal too, I think like that, and you don't spend enough time just being present and talking mm-hmm. to people. Um, you know, I think like socially having this community is amazing because then you get to, you know, more organically identify. And it's not even about just like being in the room by going to events. Um, you're already self-selecting now into the group of people who is likely to want to be out, quote unquote, mm. or they are like healthy enough to to socialize with other people about what they want, and yeah. they're exposed to to information. Um, so it's it's at least it's like secondary signaling for probably more likely to successfully find somebody who you'd be interested in seeing. And by hanging out with those people, I I, yeah. I remind myself. Oh yeah, I should definitely be looking for people like this. Yeah, not, not like um, yeah, yeah, not lowering my standards or trying to convince a vanilla person that they're. Oh my god, <laughs> the latter is such a minefield. I, we all we all fall into that trap, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad to see that that you know you you come to more events. To, to, I heartily endorse in San Francisco. We have a a weekly kink happy hour for people under age forty. It's usually at seven o'clock. Go on FetLife. To the yeah. SFTNG group to find details, but over at the Armory Club, yeah, yeah. Um, we try as often as we can to go to Armory Club, um, but it can be a couple of other venues. So yeah. check the calendar. Uh, but the the great thing about it too is that it is very good for your self esteem. Yeah. So even in more so than finding other people, it's seeing like other people like you. Yep. That we're all we walk amongst the normals, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we look like everybody else. We don't right, like walk right. around in like bondage gear, right? <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Right. Maybe if give it a few more Fifty Shades movies. Oh Jesus! Just I, kidding. I wish. Yeah, I, I I do like that 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 whole thing is kind of normalizing it for most people, but I don't like that it's normalizing that the way. unhealthy version. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, let's I'm, let's I'm, do I'm, that with like explicit consent. I and agree. Combine the two. Gold. I'm writing as fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, and that's uh, so yeah. So like I, I try to write on this stuff too because. Um, some of the best pieces that I've ever had a, like an amazing response to were the ones that I thought were actually really super taboo, mm. like the the ones that deal with the relationships that are based on degradation mm. and, and things like that. Um, those are the ones that I've had some of the best response I've, I could have ever possibly imagined. Um, and it's because, like as my friend said, that that taps actually into some kind of like universal core that we mm. all have. Like it's 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 a lightning bolt that runs through everyone. Yeah. Um, about 
vulnerability and communication and and the rush of an open a truly open connection with another person mm-hmm. um and then the sadness and, and the, the the taking the risk to to be wrong yeah is is a big one so i think like it's always worth it and i'm glad that like by writing i've actually met a lot of incredible people who that's awesome are yeah like i met someone who i dated for a while because oh, he that's read, awesome yeah it's a little weird though and you have to like <laughs> someone sees your writing which is often very confessional mm-hmm. you're not always the hero you're mm-hmm. showing some of your worst moments right um and they've seen but it's very real yeah, yeah and they've seen all that before they've even ever met you and yeah. they still want to meet you i'm like oh my god <laughs> you must have such good that's, esteem for me right that's great filtering though right? yeah like yeah. i always I, like the one of them i posted i was just super i was super worried that even like my my uh, my audience of like my anonymous kink blog would be would think of me like the character who is my pseudonym would mm-hmm. think of me differently. Mm-hmm. And to see the opposite was just like, actually the, that, that was one of the best moments for like self acceptance that I think mm-hmm. I've ever had in my life that's uh, awesome. of kink. So um, I think if nothing else, that's proven to me that like I'm going in a good direction yeah. and that like the more I invite other people, which is why I love this podcast. Um, <laughs> the more you invite other people to open up and be vulnerable, like, the more affirming and healthy a place like you leave. Somebody had said to me that it's important to have stories that are put out there like that because the people who come after you need to know that their lives are possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, wow, it's deep. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like some people sometimes say stuff like that to you about <laughs> your writing. You're like, you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> like what the heck is that? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it's not Tolstoy here. <laughs> It was a very interesting experience. I was reading your Medium mm-hmm. post, Ava X Machina, and mm-hmm. um, it was the list thing. Oh, yeah. I'm, um, I'm very, a very dominant person, uh-huh. and I find it very hard to get into a subspace. Uh-huh. But I was reading through that, and I was like, should I bring a burrito when we <laughs> hang out? <laughs> that was so one of the things on the list. That but. came from, so this list of like, it was this sort of humorous list of like how to, of, of the new rules of submitting to me. Yeah. Almost always came out of the the kind of, Things that have popped up that I just, like, I was unbelievable that I had to just say to somebody. Like, I have this big problem where when I go out with people, that they'll go out with me during, like, dinner hours, and they just don't feed me. Hmm. Like, they don't, like, or I'll say, like, do you mind if we go to blah, blah, blah across the street? They have drinks and food. And they're like, no, I like it here. I'm like, let me rephrase. I'm really hungry. And, like, you're supposed to be submissive to me and, right. and wanting to meet my needs. Right. What the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Um, so the bring me a burrito thing came out of that. That's awesome. And, yeah. And then the same, same with, like, the whole, like, bring your own dildo. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that the lateness is a huge one. It's such a trope of femdom to be flaked out on or to have somebody mm-hmm. be super late and not respectful of your time. Wow. And just all these things seem... That's going to be deal breakers, right? Yeah, like, it just seems like it's in direct violation of the point, which is that you're supposed to be, like, serving me and impressing me yeah. and, like, you know, focused on me. Because... You should be, like, a half an hour early and already bought me a drink. Yeah, 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 like, you should just basically have showed up with, like, a pizza and, yeah. you know, yeah. a collar, so... And and expect me to say no to the pizza and buy me something else. Exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this has been uh, it's a fun conversation as a result, because I really like, I like to hear, too, that when I put something out there that's it's especially it's supposed to be funny that it is genuinely arousing. <laughs> <laughs> I was very surprised by that reaction of me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's um it's a uh, was there one in particular that was that was that was funny to you? Funny? I, I enjoyed the whole thing. Um I, I giggled a little bit, but I was actually getting like more and more <laughs> into the subspace and I was like I took like twenty minutes after that just to be like 
why am I feeling this way? Like, yeah, where's this coming from? So can you tell the audience what subspace means? Ah, yes. Okay, so subspace. referring to it a bit. And even I'd say dominant space, because I don't always feel dominant. Yeah. Um, but subspace is, is that, is that, it's that point in, in um, the way you're feeling, the way you're thinking, where you really lean into and wholeheartedly accept um, kind of the part of yourself that, that is submissive. And you really mm-hmm. are able to let loose and just really feel relaxed and enjoy um, that subservient sort of yeah. perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a rush or a high yeah. sometimes for some people. Like um, the last person who I was in a long-term relationship with... Um, with them as my submissive. Mm. Um, I think some of the play that we would get into is, I, I think, very fairly uh, intense. It's not stuff that I would often comfortably do in front of other people mm-hmm. because it looks really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's <laughs> that uh, to them, surrendering their body to me wholly and just like taking whatever I, I put on them or <laughs> give them, uh-huh. like like the whole like punching with a closed fist thing. Yeah. This person likes to have their ass kicked, mm-hmm. like. Like on the floor, like like solid kicks. Are you very strong? Things. I am a very strong okay, person. There you so, go. <laughs> um, that emotionally and physically, <laughs> I try to both. But just you know, that person, they, they just like they sink into it. it's almost like a trance. It's yeah. a, and then so same with me. Like it's, yeah. it's a rush that's pretty intense. Um, and then that you know, as as I described before, like the channel is open. Right. You know, like the the connection between my suggestion, his reaction, um, is so strong that it like really 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 heightens arousal mm-hmm. and just also like yeah like that emotional bonding of that is really friggin intense so like right. there's also a very intense breakup as a result mm, you know like yeah. these things always are that's the that's the other bummer but it's also a good yeah. thing is that like you fall in love more often i feel like i also develop very strong like chemical attachments to people because of the nature of our our interactions yeah and, you know, breaking up then is like, it's like losing an arm. Yeah. You know, it's like, and then you have to... But it reminds you that you're able to love so deeply. Yeah, know? yeah. It's like that that intensity. You know, I, I remember when I first let myself back into feeling that intensely as part of, like, love, mm-hmm. even in, like, some of my more sadistic play. Mm-hmm. And you get this sort of, like, sense of, of being in love that I think is almost comparable to, like, when you're, like, a teenager. Yeah. You know, that's extreme intensity of how that feels. But, like, in a, like a healthy version. Oh, yeah. Like so, in, in a way, it's better. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. you know you're not going to die. Right, yeah, 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 you're right. right. <laughs> I'm going to die if this ends. Yeah, yeah it's I'm like, I hope this feeling. lasts forever. Right, I'm 16, right. and what is this? Um, and, and you barely are, like, functional together. And exactly. it's, like, an unhealthy relationship. You just can't stop touching each other and making right. out in the hallway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mainly because she hates her dad. <laughs> <laughs> here's something uh, we haven't talked yes. about that i think we absolutely have to talk about yeah. aftercare yes absolutely how would you define aftercare and then what do you d- tend to do so so aftercare is it's really important that after like a scene ends or like kind of winds down as, as sometimes when you're like me and their scenes aren't always defined by the end by an orgasm right. or whatever it is um it's usually just like a kind of cool off period like it's very like like again, it's very chemically draining for yeah. somebody. Um, you're gonna have like like these like extreme high adrenaline, dopamine, serotonin, all that, and then it's gonna drop. And you know, as you're kind of coming down, um, it's very important that people feel supported through that, both you and your submissive, yeah. because it's very vulnerable feeling. And there's like some people have different responses. Mm. Like I tend to um, like the aftercare I need is a dom. 
is that I tend to overanalyze. Like whatever bothers you about yourself sometimes will come up in that period of vulnerability mm-hmm. and like then when you're kind of like coming down off the high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like you might can relate to that. <laughs> overthink the things you did wrong mm-hmm. or like the mistakes you made or like yeah. you're always going to have an oops here and there. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's important to like communicate because then they can be like, uh, 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 yeah. get off my, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> me off my nuts, please. Right. <laughs> um, you know, that kind of thing. And so, but you overanalyze and sometimes if you're a submissive, there's people who have like shame problems that'll pop yeah. up. Like, why did I just enjoy that so much? Yeah. Like who, what does that make me? And it's, it's, I think, very important that that you continue to communicate and, like, ask questions like, how was that? I always try to, like, even though there's some people where they need a quiet time, um, they'll, you know, wrap them in a blanket. I like to make sure people are hydrated. We all need that yes, after sex, absolutely. vanilla or not. Yeah. Um, that, you know, how is everything feeling? Because often the, the things that are injurious to people or pain-related, the adrenaline does block a lot of the, yes. the response. So you'll mm-hmm. start to feel it more when you're not in the moment right. so i tend to check in on people physically as well yeah. um but then also just like making sure that people are like like how did you feel about that how, how did it make you feel and like uh what parts did you like more what do you like what do you think we should do less of in the mm-hmm. future and so we're sort of having that negotiation again but in reverse um like after negotiation yeah, yeah yeah and then uh it's not about like good or bad yeah it's not about like was this yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down? It was like, what do we want more of? What do we want less yeah, of? Yeah, we're doing a little feedback session so we yeah. can iterate on the next thing. It's yeah. very much like work. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, but it makes it better the next time. Exactly. Yeah. And I think where I've had actually some conflict with some people who I've, I've, been in, I've uh, had scenes with is that they forget that I need aftercare too. Mm. So like, I'm always very focused on, on their physical and mental health. And their well-being and making sure that they're physically comfortable. Like, that's so it's a big thing with aftercare. You'll see people with, like, you know, but they're like a blanket. And they're, mm-hmm. like, cuddling is very... It is, actually. Like, the compression effect yeah. is actually very good for, for calming any anxiety reaction or yep. anything. But um, they forget also that, that you as the dominant need reassurance. Like, yeah. dominant women almost exclusively, like, we talk all the time about how all of us get this like self-doubt thing that comes up that we're just like am i good enough at this mm. you know did i do it right am i performing to the to the do what I, you know this person's trusted me with like their body yeah and their their brain like did i handle that right it's a lot of pressure see i so. i don't experience that as much yeah it's, it's, it's totally a feminized thing yeah. where like women are expected to take care of other people yeah and so some of that socialization leaks over into us being like did i take care of this person correctly. Mm. And that might mean like, did I, you know, did I flog them correctly? You know, (laughs) did I take care of them that way? And so having to like release yourself from that, you sometimes need your submissive to say things that are very validating to you. Like, thank you for doing that. Or like, I really had a great time or like, you know, how do you feel? And, and they're just basic things that I think even vanilla people after sex should Sometimes talk to each other about Absolutely, it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so it's not, not abnormal. Sometimes. Yeah. It should be a normal thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Like, you know, sort of like... As it, often as possible. Exactly. Yeah. And and so, like, what do you find after care? Like, what's your... What works for you? So, yeah. So, for me, I mean, obviously, I I tend to interact with bratty subs. Yeah. So, they tend to be really good at talking about what they do and don't want, and uh, they push back, and sometimes they... They push back because they want me to push back harder. <laughs> but it's all predefined. So for yeah. me, afterwards, I think in order in order of the things that I think and feel, it's like, did we cross any lines? Mm-hmm. Absolutely no. Good. Yeah. Did I enjoy myself? Like, that's the next thought. Yeah. Like, I don't think about, like, it's, it's me. Like, yeah. what did I enjoy? How did I feel about this whole thing? Yeah. And then it's checking in. 
Obviously, if she's still tied up, I'm going to get her water before I untie her and just <laughs> yeah. make sure she's hydrated. And Yeah. Sometimes I think, like, yeah, people have to resist the urge to, like, take people down right away. No, no, yeah, right absolutely. Like, untie them right and away. And I take my time with it. Yeah. Because I think there's something special and intimate about, like, we just finished. I'm fucking covered in sweat because yeah. I put in fucking work, you know what yeah, I mean? It's a cool, it's a cool down <laughs> yeah. exercise where it's, like, you know, it's a, that one of the great things about tying people up is that you get a lot of chance to have just like good skin to skin contacts, like Swedish massage, where it's like long strokes with the hands. Yeah. Um, you know, so that the process of untying and tying mm-hmm. is very um, soothing. Yeah. So people look like brings the heart rate down, mm-hmm. breathing down. Um, right. Plus, they are still in a very vulnerable position. You have to keep that in mind. But yeah. it, it is also fun to kind of spark the next time we see each other by just titillating a little bit in that in that moment <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely like they're they're vulnerable and and they feel very satisfied and they're like drenched with feelings and, yeah exactly um, but just titillating a little bit just to tease the example. next scene um i had a play partner over last week and she was tied up and fucking i was just literally covered yeah. in sweat so i couldn't cuddle work, and yeah. I, so I was like toweling off and i got her water and then i got me some water and um and then I just left her there in the ropes for a while, and uh, and then eventually, I started to take off one of the leg ties. Mm-hmm. But before I did, I just started playing with her nipple a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. And she was just like every little touch, and she was like shaking. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. And I find that too, like because I'm into a lot of like sensory deprivation. Yeah, that you have to especially be like slow. Yeah, coming off it, and she's blindfolded too, so she doesn't know. Oh yeah, yeah. and especially because like that is that effect of like the bright light. So like I always like take it off pretty slow, and I like yeah. Oh, I had to turn the lights off before I took her her blindfold off. Yeah, yeah. So make sure people are not too right. Too overwhelmed. I mean, especially, like, I'm increasingly getting into, like, heavy bondage and mummification, and I know that, like, to, um, to resist the urge to just, like, cut people out of it right away, uh, yeah. um, because, like, also, like, the temperature change can be yeah. a little bit jarring. Um, but yeah, so, like, it's, it's just interesting where people would think about, you know, like, what would you do, like, before and after? I know, like, aftercare can be a very fraught thing, and I, I would often say to people that as we learn great vocabulary, like, you know, if it pleases you, I'd like to stop for a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, or like, if, unless it pleases you, I'd like to stop. I think it's also important that, like, people learn to speak up both directions myself. I'd include, yeah. I'm not practicing what I preach right now. <laughs> um, when you need something. Mm. So you have to, like, being okay with expressing a need, but saying, like, could you, okay, could you, you know, could you hold me for a second? Mm. Or, like, um, do you know, do you have this? Or, like, hey, could I just, like, ask you about something that happened during that? Yeah. You know, like that, that's, that's on all of us to, it's everyone's responsibility. And I, that's speaking, especially as like a woman who, um, you guys should see just in private, like our, our munch is like Dom only, uh, which I like. So femme Dom identified people only, yeah. um, <clears throat> then in private, when we are all just among each other, how deeply all of us worry. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, to see that it is, it is so near universal that all of us are, are concerned actively all the time. And I can tell that half of this anxiety comes from getting no feedback. Oh, really? Yeah, that like that. that we have partners that just don't volunteer needs oh. and, and good information that we pull it out of them like constantly. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I think if people volunteered more information about their needs, and that's just in every aspect of life, I feel like most people are not good at needs based communication. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, at work, at home, with yeah, friends, we speak yeah. in feelings, not in needs. Yeah. And I think like both are important, but the latter is super neglected. So. Yeah. 
you know, speaking in terms that don't implicate a second party. Mm-hmm. To say, I feel betrayed requires another person. Mm-hmm. But to say, I would really like to feel secure in knowing what's going to happen next, right. that's a useful statement. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that people would take from that that like aftercare is very much improved by like active and active and proactive and reactive expression. So yeah. yeah. I keep having this memory of um, there's a, a scene that was particularly passionate and very very sensual very orgasmic actually and um and i and i was the dom obviously and uh and we were done and it was like i was feeling all these things and i was like oh my god i was was still high high as fuck right and um afterwards uh we were just laying in bed and um and i turned over and she put her arms around me and cuddled me Mm -hmm. and like in that moment I felt very secure. I, it, it felt very comfortable to kind of lean into that yeah. role switch. And in a, in a big way, that was like one of the turning points where I was really starting to fall in love with this person. Oh, yeah. It's super sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, like that's a, that's a moment too. Like that, that kind of affirmation is really, it's very important. And yeah. it's, I think people don't, the urge, I think a lot of people get to when they start, playing around in the kink community and, and in exploring that is that they get like buffet syndrome. They want to try everything. Mm. They just want to rush through and like, you know, try this and this and I want to try fireplace and needles right, and right. blah, blah, blah. And like all these things really quickly. Mm. Um, and they don't sort of slow down and think about like those moments and that kind of like touch and communication yeah. and responsiveness as its own skill yeah. that you should slow down and be present for because it's like, you don't want to miss it. Right. And I think I fear people miss it. They 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 look Absolutely. around for somebody to like paddle them the best or whatever, and <laughs> right. they they lose the sense of like how to communicate through touch, and, yeah. and that those are all core skills. So I like nonverbal stuff yeah. where, where it's literally just touch reaction. Absolutely feedback. Like you actually you can't see this obviously on this podcast, but um, <laughs> I actually have all of my nails filed into points. I saw that yeah, because, except for one of them looks oh, down. Oh, uh, like this one ripped off. That's okay. Uh. Yeah. I'll fix it later. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're all filed into points um, because not for pain, but because like I've I've long since learned that the the touch of just like running your nails gently down very somebody's titillating. body, oh yeah, it's super. Su- it's alternately like and then scratching somebody's head, very very <laughs> soothing. Oh yeah. yeah, so you can melt together. Oh yeah, it's 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 a really it's a glorious. I, I get lots of compliments on it, but I find that it's also like you know. Because I've, I've, over the years, learned to prize not even using tools, like, if, if I have nothing on me. Right. Like, no, no floggers, no chains, mm-hmm. no bondage gear, no rope. Right. Um, to still be able to act on somebody's body. Like, even if I'm just, like, soothing somebody by scratching their head like their dog, I'm still topping them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to be causing for them pain, sure, yeah. discomfort, or, yeah. or something I don't want for it yeah. to not be topping that's probably the easiest way for me to get in the subspace. This is head scratchy. Oh my god! Oh, there you I, go. I melt like butter. <laughs> you know, there's lots of things like on on the body. They're very um, very people forget that like you have a lot of nerve endings like yeah. on your head, on yeah. your lips. Mm-hmm. Like um, when people are blindfolded, I'll, I will like just like rubbing your fingers across their lips is very people just go they go crazy for it. Hmm. It's um very very interesting to see how quickly especially when you use something like a blindfold 
like the body begins to compensate with it, like heightening other sensations mm. very fast. Yeah. So like, you know, hearing is interesting. Like people, uh, one thing I also like trying is blindfolds, putting in earplugs, like the silicon ones that uh -huh. don't like go inside. So they're pretty comfortable. Uh -huh. And then headphones on top of it. Oh wow. And then you usually can either do like white noise or sometimes music is interesting. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, so like as a result, all they get is is just like the sense of touch, pretty much. Jesus, it sounds so intense. It's super intense. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of thing too. Or then it's like you get to people get a, a sort of experience of like their own body that yeah. I think is just so it's exploratory. It's fun, and that that feeling is very sharp too. Yeah. You are literally. You, you're not thinking about anything else except for yes. that one thing. Yeah, Focus is intense. Yeah. And I, I think what's also great, too, is that it introduces people to a lot of forms of play that are, um, you know, they're, they can be accommodating of many different kinds of bodies. Hmm. People with different limitations or different abilities yeah. uh, or lack thereof, like they can experience so many of these things without having to be somebody who can kneel on the ground for a long time or um, somebody who, like... Uh, you know, I've been with people who are, are very large and hard to tie up with, mm. like, the lengths of rope that, that you know, most people have. Mm. Like, I have now, I have, I have many lengths because I, I, I love tying many different kinds of bodies. And mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a, a skill that not many people have. So as a result, like, you don't get to experience that if you're somebody who is, like, larger than 50 meters of rope. Yeah. Um, and so, like... Even without that, if people then as a result have less experience and they're not as comfortable with it right away, um, I know for a lot of people, like, they, they worry about how they look with things like digging into their flesh. You know, mm. it's like, it's like I play with people of, like, all different, yeah. like, sizes and genders, and, and some people are, are very self-conscious about the way, like, rope digs into them. Mm. And so without that, then I can still find other ways that we can play together mm -hmm. that um, can make them in a very positive way aware of their body. You know, like there's a, there's a sense of like body pot, like you talk about how getting through things, right. And like how kink can be very therapeutic. Um, I think one of the things that it does a lot for people is body acceptance. Yeah. Like, you know, that like all bodies, your body is yours. Yeah. It is, it is a good body. It does kink however they want it to. Um, <laughs> right. and that, that, um, seeing your body as a tool to please yourself and others is I think really wonderful. Like you yeah. get to say that like, even if I'm viewing my body normally as, imperfect and i'm sure with playing with women you've noticed that we tend to hold a lot of like weird insecurities yeah. um that you get to show somebody that like your body is capable of doing so much it gives you so much pleasure it can experience so many kinds of sensations and what physical dimensions it possesses are irrelevant to that totally. and i think that's that's a wonderful thing like I, there's so many men especially who struggle with um you know, if, especially if they're submissive men and they don't match like what is like the masculine ideal. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like baggage that comes with that, that I empathize deeply with as a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and so you get to like, you know, I've had people say to me, they're like, this is the first time that I've ever gotten to feel like sexy oh. or like an object of desire yeah. because of like the way that we play together. And yeah. I think that that's, that's super rewarding for me, but I think it's also like shows that contrary to what people think about kink, it's a space for like a lot of really like healthy development as a person and your relationship to your to yourself it almost requires it yeah yeah it sure. almost requires that you you understand who you are what you want how you you view yourself in a way um that i think most people don't even really like 
consider. I think most yeah. people aren't very self-reflective. Yeah. But in the kink community, we're very self-reflective. Yeah. We have to be. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I think from both sides, from dominant and submissive totally. people that like, like you have to be self-reflective and that it, on both parts, it requires a tremendous amount of confidence. Yep. And that that has to be like positively reinforced from like your peers, your partners and yourself right. all the time. How good was that episode? <laughs> Ava is absolutely fantastic. I love the way she flipped it around on me like that. So entertaining. Next episode that will be coming out on Taboo Taboo will actually be about the dark webs. So if you want to know what the dark webs are, what they're used for, how to get on them, definitely look out for that episode because that's going to be really fun. We're going to have Big D back. Uh, he's going to be helping us really understand exactly what the dark webs are. But... um. Big shout out to Avex Machina. Really appreciate her taking the time to talk. I mean, that's a lot of intimate stuff that we just shared. Definitely check her out on Medium, Avex Machina. Uh, she's got some fantastic writing. If you guys haven't read her already, you need to read her stuff immediately. And as always, please keep writing in. We have gotten some fantastic feedback already. Some of you guys out there are really doing some awesome things and really sharing your experiences with us. We absolutely love it. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. We love hearing your feedback. What do you like? What do you dislike? Really, you're going to help us create this show. We're still in the infancy. You guys are the super fans. You're here already. Uh, and we want to keep cultivating this feedback. So anything you guys have to say, we definitely want to listen. So uh, go ahead and write us, podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter, and Facebook, uh, anytime that you like either this episode on whatever platform you're listening to it on, or uh, any of our pages, what that does is that actually dramatically helps us, uh, that gives us a bigger presence, that gives us more opportunities to pull in some uh, financing for marketing and things like that, so give us a like, that will directly support this program, and, uh, and it'll give us a chance to make you more wonderful, awesome episodes. Again, the next episode is going to be on the dark webs. Definitely uh, do not uh, miss that episode. It's going to be really interesting. But again, thanks for listening and keep it weird.